to a special edition of Who and Company. I'm Drew. And I'm Brent. And before we release our regular May episode, we had so much to share with you that we decided to release this special edition. It's a bit of a bonus chin wag that covers the wife and I's long-awaited first trip to England, where we got a chance to meet some friends of the show in person. And I'll cover my trip down to Atlanta, Georgia for Hulanta 2018, but first, a short interview I did with the fantastic actor, magician, and comedian Harry Anderson, who sadly passed away this April in his home in Asheville, North Carolina. When I lived in Asheville, Harry was a regular in my comic shop, and I got a chance to catch up with him at the Asheville Comic Expo in 2014 to discuss his thoughts on Doctor Who, and specifically, Peter Capaldi. This is Drew with the Galfrey Pirate Radio over at the Asheville Comic Expo in 2014, and uh, we want to talk who with a very special guest. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, Harry Anderson, and where are the comics? I expected maybe Gallagher, and uh, and uh, what, what's what's going on? Well, I think some people. I mean, you're going to have to fill in for the comedy with these folks. Okay. I think uh, you know if you don't find what you want, then you're going to have to be what you're looking for. <laughs> so. Uh, if you Harry. Give them what they want, then they'll pretend <laughs> they got it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, we were talking a little earlier, and you had said that uh, you haven't got a chance to watch Peter Capaldi as the doctor yet. You're really excited about this. I am this. very excited. I, I'm dying. I thought I, I had no idea that he had already been introduced. I, uh, Peter Capaldi is like a, I mean, I'm just, I'm not a fan to too many people. But uh, Peter Capaldi just drives me wanker. And, Absolutely. And and, and uh, when I heard he was going to be Doctor Who, I it, I just screamed <laughs> like a child. And uh, now I hear that there I can go home tonight and see the first four or maybe five. Tonight will be the fifth episode, so you'll yeah. be able to get it in there. Yeah. So I am I am going to do what do they call that binge? You're going to binge. You're going to mainline some Who. I am going to mainline some Who. <laughs> that, that, you know, that actually sounds less legal and more interesting <laughs> than it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so... Um, and I'm going to let you know after... Yeah. Uh, ...whether my heart was broken, my, my, my dreams were fulfilled, or uh, whatever real estate there is in between. There's a little limbo in there, maybe. Well, so. you're, you're, don't spoil. I'm not. I'm, uh, don't yeah. spoil. I've already had, I'll just tell you. So many people have told me that this, the new Sin City sucks yeah. today. Yeah. But you know I've got to see it. Sure. I mean, I, now, I, now I dread this experience that I cannot possibly get out of. And I'm just, uh, you know, I'm going to just go to my picture of Jessica Alba printed on a washable material and um, and hope for the best. <laughs> it's a family program. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> well, I just I want to ask you um, about your experience with Doctor Who in the past because, you know, you're going to be watching Capaldi and I know you're going to be watching it for him specifically and there's nothing wrong with that. No. But you uh, also... I have an idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I have an idea of it. I do need a TARDIS. We all need a TARDIS. I have... <laughs> I do have... I do have some uh, uh, primal connections with some of the mythology, sure. but I was introduced to it late. Um, uh, really, David, seeing David Tennant was playing the part is when I sat down and actually paid attention to the show. Sure. Um, I haven't gone back and re and some of that stuff is come on, really. I mean, uh, <laughs> what, Daleks. I mean, they can't even get upstairs. I mean, they yeah. can get upstairs. Uh, I don't there's know. there's more than two episodes that it's, show you they uh, can. It it does it does. Um, it, you know, I mean, hey, it, they're not for boy, that early CGI just wasn't much, <laughs> was it? But I, a bit wobbly. But uh, um, uh, I just think Capaldi has uh, been given. It, it may be, it may be um, a, uh, a casting coup. And yeah, I, and, I, and I'm hoping that it is, and that's about all I got to say. And I'll talk to you after I see it. Fantastic. We look forward to talking to you then. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, all right. We'll talk okay. to you soon. Thanks, sir. Yeah, so uh, there it is. Of course, um, you, know, you could have to forgive all the noise in the background. It was in a in a, a large convention hall 
for one of our local comic book conventions. Harry actually had his own stand where he was selling his comic paraphernalia, uh, his own personal collection, which was really cool. I mean, the stuff he had, he's been a longtime collector. He's a super nerd. Um, you don't get the chance to see this on his uh, when he does performances, but he has a lot of like Disney tattoo. Or, sorry, had a lot of Disney tattoos on his forearms, Disney characters and such. Um, that was supposed to be part one of a two-part interview. We were going to come back after he had watched the season and interview him and to hear his thoughts. Uh, originally, we recorded that um, as an unaired episode for uh, Gallifrey Pirate Radio, and uh, it, we just never got around to. We never got a chance to record the second half of it, and so it just it kind of went unaired. Um, but yeah, it's it, you know Harry was a a big part of my growing up, and uh, I, I did actually of all the the shows from the '80s, I did watch a uh, quite a bit of Night Court, and having him walk into my comic shop one day, and uh, you know place an order for comics was, was pretty cool. He's a personal guy, and uh, it's a it's a total bummer that he's gone. Yeah, you told me you had this interview, and I was—I had no idea he lived in North Carolina, so that was cool. Yeah, and and for you to have an interview there with him at your shop—that was also cool. But yeah, I remember growing up even before Night Court and seeing him on a lot of late night shows and doing a lot of magic tricks mixed in with his stand-up comedy act, and and then he started doing acting and. Night Court and all this, so uh, he had a couple of more shows after that. What was it? Uh, Dave's Place or something like that. And uh, yeah, I really liked him. Yeah, he was a good guy. That's a bit of a bummer, and we're gonna start with a bit of a bummer, but it's it's uh, okay because we've got some pretty awesome stuff to talk about next. Entire life of wanting to go to England. My wife and I finally made the trip. April 8th to the 15th, we were there an entire week. We saved up for uh, several years and finally made it out there. Went out on a Sunday, took us, you know, we lost five hours getting there. Right. <laughs> but uh, it took about uh, maybe seven hours to get there. So it wasn't too bad. It's, it's uh, one of the few direct flights. When we got there, it was Monday morning, and we had just enough time. By the time we hit the tube and found the hotel and got checked in, we had time for a one-hour nap <laughs> <laughs> after being up all night. And then we met Andrew Smith, friend of the show, um, for a 10-mile guided tour around London. Um, walking tour? A walking tour. That's cool. Because that's yeah. what you want to do with that, with only one hour of sleep, is, is walk for 10 miles. <laughs> but you know what? It was so cool and so exciting. It was not, I mean, it was tiring, but uh, we had we had so much fun. He took us by Buckingham Palace, uh, Houses of Parliament. We saw Big Ben, but it was scaffolding all over it because it's under construction right. right now. So we didn't really get to see anything but the face, really. Um, he showed us MI6. Um Scotland Yard, that was really cool. Uh, we got to see the London Eye, the National Gallery. Uh, he took us on a walk all around uh, National Theatre, which is where they filmed part of Frontier in Space. And my favorite part of the whole day, I asked him before we went over there, he was like, you know, is there anything specifically you want to see? I said, could we, could we make a trip to Albert Bridge? And he was like, sure. So that's one of the first places we went when we started on this tour, we went down to Albert Bridge. Well, Albert Bridge is the bridge from Legopolis where the Watcher is standing on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you remember the Doctor and Adric are on the, a little uh, boat or like a pier, and they're looking up, and the Watcher's up there waving them in. And, you know, hey, come here, I need to talk to you type of thing. Yeah. And I asked 
Andrew, and he was like, sure, sure, we can go there. We walked up there. That was the coolest thing. That bridge looks exactly <laughs> like it did in 1980. It still looks the same. Wow. And uh, we went up there. We walked around. We looked at anything. And my wife says, I have a really cool idea. Why don't we go down and film you waving like the watcher on the bridge? <laughs> <laughs> And Andrew said, that's great. And he went down to the edge of the bridge and he took off running. <laughs> he was so excited. It was really cool. And uh, he took a video. And so when we got home and had all our photos and videos, I put together a slideshow. And that part, I, I put the clip from Legopolis. And then after that, I had the same music. And you see me, Andrew, zooming in on me on the bridge, waving everybody. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty funny. I mean, it's super nerdy. But that's yeah, brilliant. all super nerd. Yeah, super nerd. <laughs> but uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, and that was just day a, one, right? That was day one. Yeah, we had a really nice lunch on the Thames on a boat. Uh, this place that uh, Andrew's been to a few times. That was really great. And um, a really cool, fantastic, hand carved World War One memorial on the side of the road that even he hadn't seen before. And I uh, took some pictures of that. Um, then that night, we went to, me and Tammy went to Covent Garden. There were street performers everywhere. Really? Uh, musicians, mimes, magicians, pretty much anything that started with the M. <laughs> uh, they, were, <laughs> they were people that played violin. Uh, one lady was singing opera. Um, it was it, just all kinds of things. One uh, older guy was out there uh, playing, an, I think, an ocarina. Is that what it is from uh, Legend of Zelda? Uh, yes, I mean there, yeah, there's there's an things. ocarina of time in the Legend of yeah, Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we went out there because my wife, after that ten mile walk, her feet were killing her. She had the wrong shoes, so we had to go to Skechers and get some some tennis shoes, and then uh, back to the hotel with swollen feet and some really cool TV channels uh, like Dave and ITV and BBC One. Cool. So got to experience all that. Um, but day two, we went to, we did the Downton Abbey tour, which wow. was out west somewhere. I think Cotswolds or something, Bampton Village and all this. And that was an all day thing. And then that night we met up with another member of the podcast, James. Cool. Yeah, we met up with James. Uh, he took us to a local pub that used to be a prison. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. You, they still had the same uh, the prison bars in the windows. What? Yeah, it was pretty neat. But we did some trivia and came in a close third out of 11 teams. Hey, so congratulations. That's really cool. Yeah, I feel like awesome. I should be asking you more questions about Downton Abbey, but I've only seen one episode, and so I'm afraid <laughs> our Downton Abbey fans who are, are, are shouting at their pod machines right now going, wait, no, tell us <laughs> tell us more about Downton Abbey. I have no questions for you. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I don't know where to begin. So. Well, it, it was really cool. We got to tour most of the house. Uh, people still live there, so the top floor you couldn't go to. But you can pretty much see everything else. They wouldn't let you take any pictures or videos. Right. So we mostly got pictures outside of the house and on the grounds. But it was really cool to see. And and the village that you see in the TV show all the time, where and the church also, where they had all the weddings and everything. You got, got to go inside that. and um so we took a lot of pictures of those things, but you know, eventually we're going to do a Down Abbey episode, right? Because it's that it's, would be cool. It's over now. Have you watched all of it? I have, yeah. And you've got a leg up on me, my man. <laughs> um, but yeah, the pub thing, really cool. I uh, want to say hello to James, the other James, and Martin that we hung out with that night. Um, also, I fell on the tube, so we'll save that story for the next time we talk to James. Did you forget to mind the gap? <laughs> I did not forget to mind the gap. Um. Actually, what happened was, you know how you go into a place where the seats fold up, like a movie theater or something? Um, most of the seats on the tube are fixed to where you just walk over and sit down. But there are a few seats that flip up. Uh-huh. And we got on to go to the pub, and there was a seat that flipped up. Um, I pushed it down, and when I turned around to sit down, I let go of it, oh. and it it went right back up really quickly <laughs> and I missed it. And so I didn't hit the floor, but I, I pushed my back up against the wall and I looked up and all I saw was my wife and James hysterically laughing. <laughs> so uh, 
And and I looked around and saw a couple of people on the train, like stupid Americans. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the third day we went to Piccadilly Circus, wow. which was really cool, and saw a play called The Birthday Party by Harold Pinter, cool. which had Pearl Mackey, also Toby Jones, who was in Doctor Who as a Dream Lord, or was it Amy's Choice? Yeah. Um, Zoe Wanamaker, who was Cassandra, nice, was in it, and a really good actor named um, Stephen Mangan, who I he looked really familiar and I couldn't place him. And then later I found out he was uh, Arthur Conan Doyle on Houdini and Doyle. Remember that show on Fox? No. It was maybe a year or two ago. It was it was really short lived, maybe six episodes or something. Huh. But he was on that, and and when we got back to the hotel that very night, we turned on TV. We're kind of flipping channels, and there's a a news kind of a comedy news show, kind of like The Daily Show or or Bill Maher or something. It's called Have I Got News for You, and he was the host. Oh, and I was like, hey, that's that's the guy we saw on the play today. <laughs> Man, busy day for him. Oh, it was very busy. Yeah, I also got to shop at a place called Fop F O P P. Um, kind of like a music movie type store recommended by Mr. Paul Heath from Farrell's Project. And of course, we went to Forbidden Planet, which is an incredibly large comic bookstore. And while I was there, I got one of the brand new Target novels, which is not out here yet. No, we still have to wait till June. Yeah, uh, Twice Upon a Time by Paul Cornell. Cool. Um, that is very cool. I haven't got to read it yet. And while I was at FOP, I picked up a couple of Blu-rays, which I have a region-free Blu-ray player, so that's cool. Oh, that's neat. That's a smart move. So I got to pick up the new Shada, which is not here until, you know, 2024 or something. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> September, I think. And um, also one that I totally forgot about. The, t- the 96 TV movie on Blu-ray, which will probably never, ever come out here because of um, licensing sure. things. So I picked up both of those. Um, have you gotten a chance to watch the 96 movie yet? Not on here. I, I kind of thumbed through some of the special features just to kind of see what was Anything different was on there. Than the- There's a few different things, yeah. Um, they actually put Night of the Doctor on here. What? That's yeah. clever. <laughs> um, so, day four, we hit Abbey Road, which was really cool. Um, the traffic on Abbey Road is very unforgiving to tourists. <laughs> they, <laughs> they really hate It's so funny. I, I just stood there watching because we went, this was like a Thursday morning at like nine in the morning. And there were tons of people there already. I was like, What? On a Thursday, and there was probably maybe twenty people there, and they were all trying to cross the road and take pictures. And the traffic's coming through, like morning traffic, and they're all blowing their horns and <laughs> blasting through there. <laughs> uh, so that was pretty funny. Um, we took a bus down to Baker Street and saw the Sherlock Holmes Museum. Cool. Uh, we didn't get to go inside because there was a line. There was like. 10 or 20 people outside trying to get in. I was like, wow, to a museum. That's crazy. <laughs> so we went into the gift shop and looked around, but we didn't actually go into the museum. Um, I finally got my ice cream with a flake, which is something I wanted to try. <laughs> and the, the flake is actually kind of like a um, a hollow Kit Kat. Oh, okay. Then we, that night we went to Phantom of the Opera, which was the best musical I've ever seen in my entire life. Very, very cool. Uh, I got lucky and found us second row tickets, and we were right underneath the chandelier. Oh. So at the end of Act 1, when that chandelier comes swinging down right over our heads and scared the crap out of my wife because she totally forgot it was up there. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it was really good. The music was great, and the singing, and oh, it was so cool. I, Uh, I, as little as I know about Downton Abbey... I know even less about musicals in general. It's not a f- uh, a genre of theater that I I don't dislike it. I just don't know anything about it. I, I'm really embarrassed to say I still haven't even listened to Hamilton. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that if you played 
something from Phantom of the Opera, eventually I would recognize it uh, because mm-hmm. I think we had to play an overture from that in like middle school band. But you know, people get excited about traveling to the UK and seeing musicals, and I'm like, I am so happy for you, but I cannot share in your your joy in the same way because it's just it's just not a part of my life. I'm not being grumbly about it. I'm just I'm just saying that like I I recognize the fact that there's a chandelier falling because everyone has told me about it before. But like you know, outside mm-hmm. of that kind of knowledge, I'm I know nothing. Oh, it was much more than that. There were some really cool things they did on stage. That I, I don't even know how they did it. It was like, what? How did you do that? But, um, oh, also, I was a bad fan that day because um, because we were we had tickets to Phantom of the Opera. We were trying to get over there. We missed a signing at Forbidden Planet. It was the Target book signing. Stephen Moffat was there. Russell T. Davis was there. Jenny Colgan and Paul Cornell. You were in the UK during that event, and you and went to a musical? <laughs> Boo yes. and hiss, sir. Boo and hiss. Wow. I'll get my, I'll get my coat. Good day. What a missed opportunity. I'm glad you enjoyed I the know. musical. I think that's fantastic, and that's why you went. I mean, it's not like you could have known that was going to happen when you were planning for it. I did not. It. No, I found out about it the day before, like when we went there to buy stuff. And there was a sign on the door, and I was like, what? Wow. And it was, I think it was between 6 and 7 o'clock. So they were only there for like an hour. So we could have been standing in line and never got in. Who knows? But Yeah. um, Yeah. Hey, that's fine. That's fine, you know. (laughs) Um, But day five was Friday. We we, uh, saw the changing of the guard, which was cool. Um, It was about 45 minutes. And, you know, what I heard, they, they do this every single day at 11 a.m., every single day of the year, 365 times a year. And so I thought, all right, well, they do this every day. It's an everyday thing. It's probably not going to be a whole lot of people there. <laughs> no kidding. There were at least 1,000 people there. I was shocked. I was like, I cannot believe on a Friday <laughs> they do this every day. All these people are here. But London was a lot like New York City. I mean, there was people from everywhere, all kinds of countries and and walks of life like lots of different people everywhere so i mean it's a huge tourist city so i, I guess most of them were tourists i don't know but there was a lot of people there huh um then we went to the tower of london and i want to say thanks again to andrew and paul heath who both suggested having a tour with the beef eaters um i don't know why they're called that but they're like the uh the, the tower guards yeah, yeah. That, that live there at night. There is um, <clears throat> there is a, a really fun podcast out of Covent Gardens called No Such Thing as a Fish. And on a recent episode, they explained why they're called Beefeaters. And I do not remember what their answer is. So <laughs> uh, a little bit of homework for you, podcast listeners. Go and look it All up because right. I'm sure it's very interesting. <laughs> There's also a DC Comics superhero called the Beefeater. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. So go ahead, please. Yeah, he was basically a tour guide, and he was hilarious. He knew a a whole lot about that tower. Uh, it was, that was a lot of fun. Um, ravens also in the tower that I'd never seen a raven before. Um, after that we shopped at Sainsbury's, <laughs> which sounds hilarious, but I, I've I've heard of that so many times. Uh, it's basically a U.S. equivalent of I don't know. Lowe's Foods, like a, a just a regular old grocery store. Right. But I was just amazed at some of the things that were in there. Um, Jaffa Cakes, which is my new dessert love. Sure. Um, the milk cartons look very different over there than they do here. And we walked over to the drink section. Okay, check this out. You walk over, you're going to pick up a Mountain Dew or a Coke or whatever. They also had cans of Jack and Coke. Really? Jack Daniels, Jack and Coke on the shelf that you just pick up and walk out of there with <laughs> for cool. roughly our equivalent of about $3.50 for a can. That's cool. <laughs> I was like, I cannot believe this is in a grocery store. This is crazy. So that was my brother-in-law's gift. Um, 
which he tried the other day and he loved it. Um, but anyway, our last full day was on the Saturday and it was the only sunny day of the trip. It, it, it only rained the first day, like when we were walking with Andrew and the rest of the days, it was just cloudy and overcast. It didn't rain. So that was good. But that Saturday, it was bright, sunny. It was a really beautiful day. So we took off to the marketplace um, all these different vendors out there selling their stuff at Covent Garden. And I went around the corner and dipped into the uh, London Film Museum where there was a 007 exhibition called Bond in Motion, all about the cars and other things in James Bond films. That was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and I went in there by myself. My wife was like, ah, no thanks. I'm going to hit the shops. I said, okay. So I went in by myself. I didn't know if I would like it or if it was just going to be just walking around looking at cars. It was so cool. I, I took a picture of literally everything in that museum. and um, But the one thing I wanted to see was just by pure coincidence the very last thing that I saw, which was the, uh, the white lotus esprit <laughs> that goes underwater in Spy Who Loved Me. I was like, Oh man, I hope that car's here. I hope it's here. And the last thing I did, I turned the corner and there it was. And I was squeed like a little boy. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's here. And I took a picture. What was really cool is that they had behind the car or whatever it was, you know, they, they also had a little aircraft and thing in there too. But they would have a film clip looping on the wall of where that was in the film. Right. That was really cool. Yep. Music everywhere. All the James Bond themes and everything, and um, the car from uh, Quantum of Solace that goes into the tunnel where he has, and and the the truck comes up and tears off his door, and his car is all scratched up. That car is there, and it's scratched all to pieces. The door is missing. It was really cool. Neat. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing that we did, we rode the London Eye, which apparently is the tallest Ferris wheel in the world. It's almost five hundred feet. Wow. And which I'm scared of heights. Yeah. <laughs> but I was totally okay with this because number one, it went super, super slow. But number two, it was really big. You could fit about 20 people in there. Uh, and it's very, very sturdy. It doesn't move or shake or anything, it just goes around. It takes about 30 minutes to go all the way around. And it's constantly moving. So when you get ready to get off, you kind of have to jump off <laughs> or, or, or jump on. Like they rarely stop it. Oh, I. This is a weird question to ask, but did you see anybody who was in a wheelchair needing to get on or off? Like, I'm just kind of curious about, like, how that is handicapped and accessible. If, if... Well, they will stop it if they have to, so uh -huh. I'm pretty sure if that happened, they would stop it. Because, I'll tell you, right before we got off, they did stop it. And we looked, and what happened, somebody left their jacket behind. Oh. And I guess um, the, uh, the whole terrorist thing that's you know they've had a couple of terrorist attacks over there in the past year or two and they're, they're really really uh, tight on security on a lot of these places so somebody left their jacket behind and they immediately freaked out they made the guy come back and get his own jacket and then they went in there and took little mirrors on sticks and went up under the entire ride to make sure there were no bombs or anything in there Wow! I guess that's what they were looking for I was like whoa did you see that and then it started moving again. Okay. Um, but then again, there was an old lady getting off with us, and she pretty much had to jump. We had to catch her. <laughs> Weird. So who knows? Um, and, a, and a little walk through Chinatown in London at the end. That was pretty cool. I, we didn't even know it was there. Um, and then the next day was pretty much getting everything together and hitting the train and the airport and going home. But there were a few things I learned while I was there. Like what? that I carried home with me, uh, people are really quiet over there unless spoken to. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard afterwards on a um, Tom Baker Big Finish audio, I bought a couple of those at um, Forbidden Planet too. And he's talking to, Tom Baker's talking to this other guy, and he says, don't you know the two rules of the train? And the guy says, yes, don't speak and don't look at anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, well, I didn't know that. Um, and, and I... You know, not to put down my own country, but you, you can kind of understand why you hear them say sometimes, oh, Americans are so loud. 
And then uh, you go over there and you're like, I, I can see that, yeah, because yeah. everybody's so quiet here. Um, and also, I, I, it made me realize people are so polite over there. And when you go into a restaurant, I noticed the difference between England and America as far as ordering things in a restaurant. And of, I still, I still think about this today. Like whenever I go somewhere, McDonald's or anywhere, and you'll hear somebody and they'll say, "Yeah, I'll have a cheeseburger. I'll have this. I'll have that." Over there, it's like, "Can I please have this? Can I please have this drink? Can I?" I mean, very polite. And I think, "Wow, that is something you really take for granted and you don't even think about until you go somewhere else and you think." Well, I should better myself, <laughs> so so I have put forth an effort to uh, to change that. Good for you. Follow, uh, you know, change the world by example. Yeah, but anyway, that's my trip, and I uh, had a great time. And David Huey and his family from the Who on Who podcast are actually over there right now. Oh yeah, yeah. So I can't wait to hear yeah how it goes for them too. Yeah, we should get them on. <laughs> That'll be great. Cool, that's brilliant. I am going to take a quick break so I can blow my nose, uh, and I will be right back. <laughs> oh, Atlanta, I hear you calling. I'm coming back to you one fine day. No need to worry. Great, no hurry. Yeah, that was a really, really cool once-in-a-lifetime trip. And you also had a trip last weekend, yes? Yes. <laughs> Maybe not quite so globetrotting, uh, world-expanding, or culturally relevant, but uh, I did. I got a chance to, well, <clears throat> last weekend was Hulanda 2018, and of course in Atlanta, Georgia. And so I traveled down there to, uh, yeah, this is my third year at Hulanta. Really Really excited, really fun convention. Of course, we had Alan on one of our earliest episodes mm-hmm. last year to discuss Hulanta in general, and it was a great convention then. It's a great convention now. I had a blast. And I uh, got to see some uh, friends too, right? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> no, of course, it's a three-day event uh, over the weekend, uh, and this is May 6th through the 8th. Hey, this is Future Drew, uh, just correcting past Drew. Uh, It's in fact May 4th through the 6th and not May 6th through the 8th. I am suffering from seasonal allergies and my brain (laughs) is useless. Back to the original (laughs) podcast. Are y'all ready? Background and action! So, uh, leading into the convention weekend, our guests were Louise Jameson uh, and Rachel Talley, the director, and Richard Starking, the comic book artist, Kelly Yates, the comic book artist, and and a number of other um, guests, including our friends Pixel Who. Um, sadly, the couple of days, couple of, like a week before the convention, Rachel Talley had to bow out due to uh, a, a job, I think, is, is what they said, which is a real bummer because mm-hmm. I was looking forward to seeing her again, uh, especially after all the cool stuff from Regeneration Who. But... Uh, I, th- I think the convention rolled on, you know, kind of rolled with those punches and, and mm-hmm. went ahead and they rescheduled for any of the interviews that she had time slots for in panels. They, they filled in without her or they did something else. Um, and it was really good. Now I will say this leading into the convention, I was having a bit of a bad week. And so I didn't go to Friday and I didn't go on Sunday. I ended up leaving a little early so the convention which i had originally planned for for three days ended up being only a single day for me uh, oh, and that okay. has nothing to do with the convention that was some stuff i was working through and it was a bummer but uh saturday was fabulous in the same way that you managed to pack uh, <laughs> a 10 <laughs> mile walk on top of everything else on your first day I, I i don't think there was a single wasted moment 
on that Saturday. I got there early, met up with Kelly Yates, uh, got to have a chance to hang out with him, talk about all the really cool projects that he's been working on. His Doctor Who Kawaii uh, figurines has been released, and uh, I got to watch, like, even before the convention officially opened, people were at his table buying these uh, and searching for Chase figures, and it was really cool to sit there and watch people open them up and get really excited by all the really cool pieces they had. <laughs> um, next to his table was Richard Starkings' table, uh, and Starkings, um, who is a comic book legend as far as uh, his company Comic Craft and their lettering abilities, but also as a writer mm-hmm. uh, and an editor, um, the guy has been... Like, if you're a comic book nerd, like, if you know your comic book stuff, you know Richard Starkings. Um, uh, and what's really super cool is he recently moved kind of close to the area and called Alan and asked if he could be a part of the convention. So he's like, I would like to come. And, and Alan's like, yeah, of, of course. Um, and if you are a fan of Doctor Who uh, comic strips, especially from the 80s... Um, you will probably recognize Starkings from the Absalon Doc series. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'll get back to Starkings in a moment because I have something really cool to, to mention about him in conjunction with the Children of Time book. But I want to talk a little bit about a couple of our friends. So uh, Lee and Nathan from Pixel Who uh, were there, and it's always a pleasure. It's actually weird to go to a convention where I'm not staying with them because there's... <laughs> Uh, Hulanta is like the only Doctor Who convention where that doesn't happen because I, I have friends in Atlanta who I, I don't get to see but once a year and that's my time to hang out with them mm-hmm. um, also uh, our friend Valerie Meese was there and so that was that was a treat so usually if I wasn't at a panel uh, Valerie and I were kind of chumming around uh, she brought vegetarian haggis uh, <laughs> as our 11am 11, 11 lunch of vegetarian haggis I saw that uh, picture what does that taste like uh, vegetarian haggis. Um, I mean, it's it is a, a series of grains and vegetables oh, in okay. a cabbage leaf. So you know, haggis, of course, being vegetables and grains wrapped in a sheep stomach, uh, boiled sheep stomach. Obviously, is something that's hard to replicate in vegetarian form. But uh, Valley tried, and I think in many ways uh, succeeded. So it was really enjoyable. And um, uh, being the incredibly friendly person that she is, uh, she offered it to everyone, everyone who walked <laughs> past the table, including uh, Nicole Mazza, who uh, came by in a awesome unit tank girl mashup costume. Yeah, that I saw was that picture. That was pretty really, cool. uh, really brilliant. It was really cool, and I know she she wore it for Rachel, and Rachel canceled. She's like, you know, I'm going to wear it anyway. It was it was really cool. And it was really good to see her in person, too. You know, it's so nice to, to have these guests that we, we talked to over the over Skype uh, to hang out with them in person. So that's, yeah. that's always yeah. really cool. Um, did a couple of panels. Um, first and the first one of that I did of the day was um, just kind of going over season 10 you know, in comparison, uh, comparing season 10 to series 10. So it's always nice to talk Pertwee, which is, uh, you know, a classic who is not something that I am as familiar with just because <clears throat> I didn't grow up with it in the same way that you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of nice to, to have that panel where it is, there was a lot of classic who fans on that panel who have their opinions on classic who, and then have new who fans or, or newer fans. Yeah. Uh, which I think my opinions were very different from theirs. Um, uh, but the main reason I came to this convention was the unveiling uh, and premiere of the Children in Time anthology that Alan and I edited together. So Al, of course, is Alan's project. And and uh, I, I honestly, I don't know how it, it got finished the, in the time that it did because he got in touch with me to help contribute a single piece in November. And by late, to mid February, I was editing, helping edit the project. Um, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. It took you. Uh, you were very busy. <laughs> yeah, I was very busy that month. Um, yeah, February was was pretty packed. March got pretty packed too. Uh, it went to the printers, uh, kind of mid March or so. And we got it back uh, pretty early, but it looks gorgeous. Of course, Kelly Yates did the cover for it. 
Uh, it looks amazing. Yeah, it does. It's really cool. It, it really cool. Children of Time, Companions of Doctor Who, commentaries on 88 of the Doctor's assistants, associates, and best friends. Um, and, of course, this is covers everyone from the TV series and a ton of companions from the audios, the novels, and the comics. I mean, there are folks in there that, you know, we, we had the whole list of everyone who was available, and we threw it out there to anybody who wanted to, to contribute we got some really amazing pieces, and one of the things that I helped do as an editor, aside from you know grammar and, and structuring and that kind of thing, was helping to curate some of the art for it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we, again, Kelly Yates did the cover. Uh, Stephanie Jackson did these amazing interior inset pieces that are really great. Valerie um, contributed two pieces, uh, uh, one of Nardal and one of K9, both of which are awesome. Um, Simon Fraser... Um, did uh, a piece for me actually for my um <clears throat> for my essay on Sharon Davies uh which I'm super thrilled because uh I I wrote uh, it's just so many pieces like I had like three different ideas on how to tackle this piece which is very difficult for me to write because Sharon of course is the the first companion of color Uh, She's from the comic strips, and I felt very weird as a white male writing about her. Uh, In fact, (laughs) I told Alan right off the bat, like, that's the character I want, but I won't turn in my piece until the last minute, because if anybody of color actually wants to write about her, please, please, please let them do it. No one stepped up. I was happy to do it, and I just couldn't use... I couldn't find the right voice for it first, because I... I have a story where, like, I got into Doctor Who via the comics. So Sharon is my first companion. Uh, like, she is the character that I came to Doctor Who through. But as I was writing that piece, I realized it was really talking about me, and this is more important to talk about her. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to kind of push that kind of piece out there. And as soon as Simon finished this commission, and I got this picture of Sharon... Uh, it all fell into place. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And so I actually wrote my piece almost in ode to the image, which was really cool. It wasn't, it was, my essay was a companion to that, that image. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also wrote about Alice Obafune from the, the new Titan comics. And so he put in two pieces there. So he has three pieces in this book, which is really great. Pixel who contributed um, four or five pieces, uh, which is really quite cool. So to have their unique iconic style, throughout um and it was really nice too that i i went to fans uh, artists who uh, aren't fans of doctor who and still asked for pieces because i appreciate them as artists so i got a really amazing mary shelley piece from thomas boatwright and my friend michael miller did a really great piece of the sixth doctor and <clears throat> um frobisher and oh, yeah, uh, my, yeah. my friend Smitty did an amazing strax he's like i'm gonna do strax <laughs> but i'm gonna do it in the style of of uh Jack Kirby and I'm like I yeah whatever man you you do you and it came out so good anyway all of this is available um and you can find the book on Amazon and so what was great about the panels you have this hour long panel um and we had Alan and I Alan did a great job hosting it and he would just you know turn to one person he's like Drew talk about the art I talked about the art Kelly talked about the cover did this he talked about the back cover um Catherine Sullivan was there. She did two pieces in there, so she talked a little bit about it. Stephanie was there. She talked about the inserts and what it's like to put that kind of stuff together. Richard Starking is there, and Starking has two pieces in here that he wrote, and what he did, and this is bonkers. This is the moment where, like, when Alan is explaining to this to me, I'm like, I really want to do more than just submit an essay, Alan. Please let me do more to help you this. Richard Starkings wrote a two-page comic strip Starring Absalon Doc, Dalek Killer, right? Uh-huh. So that is introed by the War Doctor and <laughs> starring Absalon Doc's two new companions, Mickey Smith and Martha Jones. And <laughs> so awesome. he basically took this idea from the, the End of Time Part 2 where they're uh-huh. kind of a team and they're married and they're like doing something right like some kind of like military ops for unit or whomever and mm-hmm. essentially he's made them dalek killers and it's like this two-part intro that he was going to do a, a pitch but uh and it, there it is it's it's in this book and what's crazy is it the only way that you can get a copy of that two-parter is by by getting the book itself um 
because I it's probably not going to get published any, anywhere else. So that, that was awesome. It really is so cool, and it's such a treat um, to be a part of something like this. Um, the introduction is written by Mark Strickson. Uh, there's contributions by Katie Manning and Daphne Ashbrook. And, um, you know, even with 88 companions, we didn't get everybody. And um, it's definitely something that maybe a couple of years down the line, after we have Jody Whitaker's Doctors um, has at least a season or two, maybe even her full run, I'd like to do something where we include uh, her companions, plus like all the companions are going to come out for the comics and the audios and future novels. All of that is in there. I, I, even though I have edited like half of this book or maybe a, a quarter of this book, I'm still making my way through these essays, and they're really good. They're so well written. You can tell like the fans who wrote them uh, really care about the characters. And this cover, I mean, like you know, you don't want to judge a book by its cover, but this cover, Kelly's cover, is so good. Um, you know, so we've we've got Jamie and Bill and and Sarah Jane and Frobisher on the cover, and it's just and my name is really big. <laughs> it's I gotta say a little daunting to look at this book and and say. Uh, yeah, and, and more than anything else, the fact that I'm holding my very own copy of Children of Time in my hand as we record this is pretty amazing. It's a much bigger book than I was originally expecting. And if I turn to page three, uh, which is the dedications page, yes. uh, there is this to be read. It says, to Davy Beauchamp, Brent Johnson... And all the wonderful Doctor Who podcasters who make up the crowded TARDIS that is Doctor Who fandom. Thank you for welcoming me into your world and allowing me to travel anywhere in time and space. Yay! Thank you, sir. <laughs> you are quite welcome. No, no. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, my, one of my main reasons for coming to the con was to be there and, and be a part of this. this. And so after um, our hour-long panel was done... Everyone who contributed to the book and everyone who contributed to the YI Geek uh, collection got into the convention hall. They set out tables for us, and we just got in this massive long line, and people could buy their book and just get it signed by everyone who was there. That and is so, really cool. Yeah, it really was great because I think there was at least, I want to say at least 30 people doing signatures. And so, you know... It would come along the line, and um, Stephanie would sit next to me, and she would sign one and then hand it over to me, and I'd sign it. You know, we'd, we'd like, do you want this personalized? Do you want it for friends? And it was really a great experience. And I know, because this book is a charity book, you know, like a, a good portion of it's going to the Fur Kids No Kill Shelter in Atlanta. I know we sold over 100 books just in that one hour, uh, and that's a really good thing. I mean, it makes me feel like uh, all that time curating the art and, and, and uh, editing it you know, it went to a good cause, and it it makes me feel like a part of the community, which I really, really appreciate and, and really liked. Um, went to a couple of other panels. Uh, of course, the main reason for coming to this convention was Louise Jameson, who I have essentially, I feel like I've been stalking at conventions <laughs> because every time she signs up for a convention, she has to cancel because a, another theater project comes up. She's an incredibly busy woman. She is, yeah, very much so. Yeah. I, I, um, I met her in 97? 97. So it was like, what's that? Twenty years ago, and yeah. and uh, just the nicest lady. And that was my first Doctor Who convention. Also, she's probably the first companion that I ever met, and she was so so sweet. Yeah, she was really great. Um, they managed to schedule every single one of my panels at the exact same time that she was doing official photo shoots. Oh no. Yeah, so I didn't get an official photo with her, um, but I talked with Alan, and he said it was cool, and I approached her and her handler and said, I happily buy <laughs> a signature from you. Could I get a selfie? Um, I'm not going to sh- – I won't post it on public – you know, like um, so public media, social media until uh, after the convention. I don't want people getting that, you know, the idea that you just can take selfies. And, you know, we took, a, like, a cute one. I'm like, can we do a couple of silly ones? Uh, and so we just, you know, Valerie's taking pictures of us. We got some bon- pretty bonkers ones on there. I'm, I'm uh, Yeah, I saw I'm, one yesterday. I'm yeah. pretty excited. We've got one where the two of us are just laughing. And she, she liked them, I think. Uh, it was a pleasure just to sit down with her for, like, ten minutes. And her talk, Alan's a great interviewer. Um, I, I sat in Richard Stockings 
interview followed by Louise Jameson's and, and uh, learned some really cool stuff, which she actually asked us not to repeat, so I'm not going to. Uh, hopefully we'll be hearing, uh, she'll be making some kind of announcement fairly soon about what that little secret is about. But it is very exciting and super cool. So, awesome. yeah, again, uh, you know, doesn't doesn't matter who the guest is, doesn't matter what else is going on. Hulanta 2019, I'm there. So, Drew, it sounds like you had a great time at Hulanta. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Um, I, You know, again, I've enjoyed every year I've been to. I am going to enjoy every year I go to. It's definitely a convention I'm not going to miss. Awesome. And you listening at home, we also have another full episode coming out sometime this month in May. That's right, yeah. Um, we've got a number of guests, one of which is the winner of the drawing from the Who Against Guns campaign. I should say the Who Against Guns very successful campaign. It raised, of course, $21,000 um, uh, for advocate groups to help with gun control policies. Um and so we're not going to say who that is or what show they have chosen, but uh, we have a very interesting guest, and I'm very excited about uh, talking about their choice. Uh, uh, and But they're not their only guest, so do you want to tell us about our, our second guest for this month? That's right. We're also going to have another interview with a guy named Jeremy Wheeler, who's part of the Blue Box Alliance. And he has also has a campaign called Who Against Bullying, which is another very important cause. Yeah. And so we're going to have him talking about that. Cool. And all that's coming up in our next episode. So you get two episodes for the month of May. That's right. Excellent. Well, I look forward to that. And we will see you then on Who and Company. Who and Company, come for the fandom. Stay for the company. Thanks for joining us at Who and Company. Special shout out to Pixel Who for providing our logo. They can be found at facebook.com slash pixelwho. Who and Company can be found on iHeartRadio.com and Spotify. Or you can download the show directly from whoandcompany.libsyn.com. Contact us on Twitter at whoandcompany. Support the show on patreon.com slash whoandcompany. Or email us at whoandcompany at yahoo.com. Thanks, and see you next month. It takes place over Free Comic Book Day weekend. Um, leading into this convention, of course, our, our main guests. Um, uh, I'm going to pause it just for a second because my cat is scratching at the door and driving <laughs> me absolutely bonkers. Give me one second. Right. Uh, <laughs> All right, go. I will destroy you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Better run.